Hello. The Bible reading for this message is taken from the story of the life of Abraham, which you can read in Genesis chapter 12 right the way through to Genesis chapter 25. It would be great if during the course of this week you could take the time and read through that entire story, and I do believe that that will make this message most effective in your life. For now, though, if you could just read Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 16, and Genesis chapter 22 to get familiar with the beginning, uh, the middle, and the end of the story of the life of Abraham. So that's Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 16, and Genesis chapter 22. And we'll see you back here in just a moment. At some point in every person's journey, they discover the fragility of their own faith. How do you respond when you find yourself falling into the reality gap? How do you feel when there seems to be a huge difference between what God has promised and what you see now? Why is it that you can trust God no matter what? But why is it that at the same time that you know that you can trust God no matter what, your faith feels to be uh, brittle and at its breaking point and you're ready to give up? What do you do when the vision that you once had of the way that your life was supposed to work out seems to be crumbling into the dust around you. This morning, we are going to consider the story of the life of Abraham uh, for uh, our continuing series on what does it mean and what does it look like that God's grace is sufficient for us and that God's grace sustains us on the journey. I think there's no better way than to look uh, at the stories of the great cloud of witnesses from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, those who have gone before us, who persevered in their faith and who made it to the end of their life trusting God. There's no better place to go than to those stories uh, to find inspiration, to find encouragement, and to be taught uh, how to trust the Lord no matter what how to always put our faith in him, and what it is that ultimately makes our faith in the Lord of heaven and earth something that is strong and lasting. So, why don't you join with me, and let's consider the story of Abraham. In the Old Testament, in fact, perhaps in the whole Bible, Abraham is considered the exemplar of faith, because he knew what it meant to live by faith in the face of overwhelming circumstances. In the pages of the book of Genesis, we find recorded for us this faith. Failures and all. Uh, faith of a man who was like us and who lived in this gap that we live in between what God has promised and the reality of those promises being realized. Uh, Abraham features right the way throughout both the Old and the New Testament. Uh, he was regarded as a figure worth emulating. In Isaiah 51 verse 2, we read uh, about the exiles who were in Babylon, and they were urged to consider Abraham's experience as a model for their own. We read, Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. Just as Abraham has been uh, called by God from the city of Ur against overwhelming odds, uh, a pagan of pagans, to enter into the promised land, so also the exiles could rely on God to fulfill his promises. They could have faith that the God of Abraham would return them once again to the land 
impossible though that seems. But the use of Abraham as an example goes back even further than that. Uh, as we think about the story of the life of Abraham, we'll find that his story was written to provide encouragement uh, to the generation that walked in the wilderness. It's there to provide encouragement uh, to us who are on our own life's journey homeward and heavenward as we look forward to a still future possession of what God has promised to us. Abraham provides both an example to follow and a warning to avoid sin. The temptation uh, for us, as for men and women uh, throughout the history of the people of God, is always going to be to take shortcuts and to help God out. Abraham's call to exercise faith in the unseen reality of God's promise against all odds was a great challenge for Abraham. And it's a great challenge for us too, to accept God's promise, to trust God's promise, that beyond all odds and beyond everything that we can see in this world and this life, God is fulfilling that promise. So let's just have a very big picture view of the story of the life of Abraham. We first meet Abraham's family back in Genesis chapter 11, right at the end. We discover where he's from and who he's related to. And then in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord speaks to Abram for the first time. The Lord says to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham heard this word of promise. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. That's the beginning of the story of Abraham. God gives Abraham a word of promise, and Abraham responds by trusting that word, by gathering up his family, and by going to the place that God had told him about. No sooner has this happened than there's a famine in the land, and Abraham heads down to Egypt. And what he does when he gets to Egypt is he says, Sarah isn't my wife, uh, she's my sister, and basically you've got the first failure of Abraham to trust God. The Lord inflicted serious disease, chapter 12, verse 17, on Pharaoh because of Abram's wife, Sarai. And so Pharaoh kind of figured out what was going on, summoned Abram, gave him back, asked him why he did this, and Abram goes on his way. That's important because one of the things that you need to understand about faith and Abraham is that faith doesn't just happen. Yes, it begins and there are seeds of faith, but there are also failures right the way through the story of the life of Abraham. And that's the first thing that I really want us to get our heads around this morning, is that we sometimes think that when we become Christians and when we have faith, it all just kind of comes. Remember, we learned that God's grace doesn't all come and just give, we're not given all of God's grace right at the beginning of the Christian life. We're given what we need to sustain us 
at a particular time and for a particular situation in an ongoing way. Abraham fails his first test of faith in Genesis chapter 12, but God doesn't give up on him. That's important. God doesn't give us up on us when we fail in the tests of faith that come our way in the course of this life. Uh, God's grace is sufficient to save us, but also to sustain us. And so he picks Abraham up and he dusts him off and he says, okay, on to the next thing. The next test comes in Genesis chapter 13, and it's another test for Abraham's faith. And this time it's to do with the promise and the land. Abram and Lot become too big uh, to be able to live comfortably with what they have acquired. And so Abram goes up onto a hillside, onto a, a mountain with Lot, and says, look and survey. And he says, Lot, you choose. Abraham, who is the older one, the uncle, he has the first right of choosing. He says, I'm going to trust the Lord. Lot, you choose. And so there you go, a test of faith, and Abraham passes that test. Then in Genesis chapter 15, God comes and speaks with Abram again. Now this is interesting, okay? Because we kind of think about people in the Bible and Abram and like, you know, Abram was hanging out with God every day, right? That's not the case. There were many years that went by between the different encounters that Abram had with the Lord. There were many years that went by when the Lord was silent in Abram's life. There were many years where he didn't have a child that God had promised that he would have. 25 in total went by. And it wasn't that God was saying, every day, Abram, trust me. God was silent at many points in time. But in Genesis 15, God speaks again. And in Genesis 15, uh, the word of the Lord comes to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And here's the kicker. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. The Lord credited Abram's faith as righteous. And so in the story of Abraham, before anything happens, before God uh, makes a covenant uh, with Abraham and signs it in Genesis 17, with the sign of circumcision, God called Abraham, he chose him, and he made him right. He made him righteous. He credited to him righteousness because Abraham believed the Lord. Nothing else. Abraham did nothing else at this stage. He just believed the Lord. And that was enough. So, Genesis 15, the Lord says, Abram, you're going to have a son. Genesis 16, what does Abram do? He takes matters into his own hands. He fails at trusting the Lord again. He goes off and he has a child uh, with Sarah's servant Hagar, a son whom they call Ishmael. Uh, and this would turn out, again, to be a huge mistake in Abraham's life. But God, in his relentless grace, doesn't give up on Abraham. 
In chapter 17, the Lord comes to Abram again. In 16, Abraham is 86 years old when he makes this mistake. Uh, the Lord only comes to Abram 13 years later when Abraham was 99 years old and he appears to him again and he speaks to him again and he walks before him and he makes this covenant from Genesis 12 to Genesis 17, 24 years have taken place. And there have been a handful of times where the Lord has come and spoken to Abraham, but on the whole, he's been silent. On the whole, Abraham has had to trust the Lord and live by faith, even though he hasn't experienced the promises of God. And I think that one of the reasons why I went straight to Abraham for this next sermon in this series is because of Paul's thing. Paul in Genesis, in 2 Corinthians 12, he had been 14 years with that thorn in his flesh. You see, friends, so much of our life goes by uh, quietly, uh, undetected, and all the Lord is asking us to do is to keep on trusting him, to keep on trusting him, silent though he might be. We're in a better position than both Abraham or Paul because we have the whole word of God given to us. We can open it up, we can read it, we can hear from him every single day as much as we want to, as much as we are open to hearing from it. And that's what he calls us to place our trust in, in his word of promise to us. But look at the example that Abraham sets for us, where when he didn't have that word, he just trusted on the one word, the one promise, uh, the couple of words that he had had of God. And that was enough to keep him going, to keep on persevering. And even when he messed up, end of Genesis 12, uh, here in Genesis 16, he's going to do it again later on. Uh, the, the fragile uh, faith uh, that always seems to be at breaking point, that always seems to be on a knife's edge of going the wrong way, it's always restored. He always comes back to God even when he makes up, when he messes up. And the amazing thing is that because God has made this promise to Abraham, God doesn't give up on him. You see, God is always going to be true to his word. He is always going to fulfill his promise. That is his character. It's not based on whether or not we have faith or how much or how little faith we have. It's based on his own perfection that he will fulfill his promise. He has to because he is God. He cannot lie. He will do exactly what he said he will do. And so what I want you to hear this morning is that in your own faith, fragile though it might seem, uh, failed though it might have been this week, God is not giving up on you. He is drawing near to you. Uh, he was Abraham's friend. Uh, he comes to be our friend, to pick us up and to help us to carry on and to continue. The story goes on, and you'll have to read more about it. There are a couple of more interactions between the Lord and Abraham, and it really uh, reaches its uh, crescendo in Genesis chapter 22, where the Lord gives Abraham another test of faith, where he says, take your son, your only son. So he finally has a son. He's 100 years old, finally has a son. A couple of years later, the son, Isaac, seems to be old enough, and the Lord says, take him and kill him. Take him and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to the Lord. Abraham, 
Do you trust me? I want you to give the promised son back to me. And in Genesis 22, Abraham does it. He doesn't fail. He doesn't falter. He doesn't stumble. And just as he's about to drive the knife into his son, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, Stop. And he provides a substitute for Isaac. But in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 22, we realize that the journey that Abraham's faith has been on, all the tests along the way, have led to strengthening that faith, faith so that he trusts the Lord no matter what. So how is it that you and I can have a faith like Abraham's? How can we get to a point where we can trust God no matter what? What is it about our faith that we need to develop to be able to do that? And it isn't so much what it is about our faith as it is who our faith is in. Faith is only ever as good as its object. Its life and strength and power comes from the one who is trusted. Faith is fragile. Of course it's fragile, because you and I are fragile and weak. But God uses the weak things of, his, of this world. And it is in our weakness that God displays his strength. The God in whom we trust is not fragile. He is strong. And he gives us his strength. The same strength that raised Jesus from the dead, Ephesians chapter 1, is now working in you and in me. And our righteousness depends on faith in order that the promise might rest on grace and be guaranteed for us just as it was for Abraham. Friends, I hope that what you will get from this message, what you will gain from this message, is that it is an immense comfort in the midst of the storms of your life to know that it is not the strength of your faith that matters, but the strength of the one in whom you have put your faith. Paul makes it clear that this God is the one who justifies the ungodly, the one who gives life to the dead, uh, the one who brings into existence the things that are not, and that he is the one who is exactly what you need in this life. But the best part of all is that he is the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, and you can trust him. Abraham is the exemplar of faith in the Bible. He trusted God, and that trust was strengthened, it was tested, and it was proved genuine. He believed God over the course of an entire lifetime. When God spoke to him, and when God was silent, he continued to trust in that word of promise. He held on to him, them as God sustained him and grew him in his faith. He did not waver in distrust. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, and he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And so, friends, as you consider the life of Abraham, will you, like Abraham, believe God? That's what he did. It's as simple as that. He believed God. 
He took God at his word. And he, though he failed miserably at times, he kept on trusting in God. Will you believe God now in this time? Will you trust him over the course of a lifetime? Will you hold on to the promise that God's grace is sufficient for you? Will you trust that promise and look for that grace to sustain you on the journey? God's sustaining grace and his is, is his presence in your life, never letting you go, never giving up on you, always looking to uh, strengthen you in your faith and help you to become strong in your faith as you continue to give glory to God? Will you continue to cast uh, yourself onto the rock of your salvation? Because that rock is immovable and will never stop loving you. He loves you with a never-stopping, never-ending, always-ongoing love. And His grace is always available to you. In Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, the writer gives us an analogy towards our present spiritual position as Christians, a part of a wilderness generation. We too have not yet entered our rest. We too run the risk of disobeying the gospel promise and falling short of God's blessing because of unbelief, because of failing uh, to trust the Lord no matter what. Although everything in creation is subject to the authority of Jesus, at present we often do not see that heavenly reality clearly reflected in our own earthly experience. And so Hebrews 11 tells us that we need to live by faith, just like Abraham did. So we can learn a great deal from Abraham's example of how we live in the reality gap. Friends, in your reality gap, the gap between God's promise and the reality of that promise being fulfilled in your life, will you continue to trust him just like Abraham did? Will you let God strengthen you in your fragile faith? Will you draw close to him as he draws close to you? And will you let him pick you up and dust you off when your faith fails? Because he who promised is faithful. Your salvation doesn't rest on your performance. It rests on God. Your faith will be credited to you as righteousness because that is God's promise to you. And because of his perfection and his holiness, he will fulfill that promise in your life. I know many of us are feeling incredibly fragile at the moment, hard pressed on every side, even broken. Now more than ever is a time to trust the Lord just like Abraham did. And I think especially just like Abraham did in those times of failure, and just like Abraham did in those times where the Lord was quiet and didn't speak, and all he had to go on were the past words of promise and what he had seen God do in his life before. So too, as we look at that story, we can see that God is able to do what he has promised, and he fulfills every good word that he has spoken to you. Would you bow with me and let's pray.
our Lord God, as we consider the life of Abraham, won't you help us to trust you like he trusted you? Father, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who has gone before us, those who have finished the race. And so, Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, for he is the author, the creator, and the perfecter and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame, and he is sitting at the right hand of God our Father. And so, too, Lord, help us to run and to finish that race, trusting in you to the very end. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.